Good evening. Uh, it is Tuesday, May 12th, uh, and I am I am Victoria. I am here. Hi, guys. Uh, I'm just finishing up a text. A couple seconds late because I had to. I didn't realize this. Um, super fun stuff. Uh, I had to download a Chrome. I usually use Safari uh, because it comes with my my Apple. Um, but I had to use Chrome, which means I had to download a new um, a new browser thing because I go to log on and it tells me that no, you you it doesn't work anymore with with what we have. You you need to download the new one. And luckily, we're in the age of instant internet and not crappy dial-up from many years ago. So it was way easy to do that. Uh, we have a few topics to discuss tonight. We want to talk about uh, puppies, of course. We want to talk about equipment. We want to talk about a few more things. We'll see what whatever comes up. Uh, whatever you guys have questions on, let me know. Just type it. Uh, let me know what, what you guys want to hear. Um, I wanted to give you the pup date, right? Pup date. Uh, hopefully you are following Dream Dogs and Hope Service Dogs on Instagram and Facebook. I know Karen has been working her tail off, uh, getting videos up and, and uh, every day with these puppies and everything that she's doing. Because, you know, she also works as a nurse at UF at Shan's Hospital over there. So it's not like she has a ton of free time and for her to donate it to to welping the puppies and making sure that they grow to be the best puppies they can be is so much appreciated uh, by everybody. So uh, we want to talk, start with talking a little bit about hope, about dream dogs, um, because we have puppies and they are a little over a week old now. They turned a week old on Saturday, so almost a week and a half. Uh, they are English cream golden retrievers. If this is your first time tuning in, why golden retrievers, you ask? First, not only because I adore golden retrievers, uh, but I do believe they make, they're pretty much the best type of service dogs, right? They're friendly, they're cute, they're fluffy. Um, people find them approachable. You know, I have my Doberman and I have my Malin one, I have a golden. Um, she's actually my second golden, not everybody knows. I had a golden growing up named Maddie, who was fantastic. She wasn't a service dog though, she was just a pet dog. And Gypsy gives it her, her heart and soul with everything she does, who's my current golden. Uh, usually what I recommend to people is go with a golden, a yellow or black lab, or a poodle as your service dog. And we do have Roma, a poodle who we're going to be breeding, providing she passes all her health testing along with Candy, my Doberman, but we're not breeding them together. And, uh, but why a golden? Why not a lab? I, I prefer goldens. I'm nothing against labs. We've worked with a lot of labs. Uh, I find, <laughs> you're going to love this one, golden shed less. Uh, everyone who, whenever I tell them this and they say, well, then I, it looks like I'll be looking at a lab because I don't want shedding and I laugh. Uh, whenever we have goldens in and labs in and they're created in the dog room, there's always a moat of fur around the labs crate, always. Whereas the golden, we'll, we'll shed and get tumbleweeds. You know, we have the pedestal um, out and, and that's one of the equipment things I wanted to talk to you guys about today. Uh, we have... Uh, a pedestal on the wall that Rich made, and what it is is a folding adjustable shelf, right? So normally it's down, and then he put it, and you just you, we buy the brackets. So we have three more to put up. 
and trying to get him to do it is like like wrangling you know wet cats but uh we're gonna do those and you can see i put up pictures today of uh, maui who is a vishla that we have in for service dog training i had all but the newest dog carice up on the pedestal today uh we have the the wood and then we have the horse matting just so it's a little bit softer uh then we have a tether and anchor up above where it is that's what that extra little piece up on the wall is and then we do have a chain because i want something sturdy so it's a super lightweight chain it's not plastic but it is the strongest lightest chain that we could find at home depot when we were there uh, so we have that along with a, a clip, a leash clip on one end and a carabiner, but it's a sturdy horse carabiner. It's not, you know, a not for mountain climbing carabiner uh, to, to get it to the right length. So the dog, what you want is the dog to be up on the pedestal and to be comfortable and to be able to lay with his arms, his forearms on the pedestal. Uh, to be comfortable and what that does, why that instead of a grooming table is one of the questions that I've gotten. Why that instead of a grooming table is this is a lot easier for me to get a dog on. I don't have to lift the dog up. Uh, usually when you lift the dog up, uh, you can get, you know, the, the chest and you can get the bum and lift. Um, or you can go and get underneath, you know, in front of the back legs and behind the front legs. Um, or you can have little stairs. But I find this is so much easier. I do have a little stool, and it was from when Luke was a little kid. Uh, I have a little step stool. We'll use it when we're teaching dogs as well. But it's a little red and black step stool, uh, and, and so I'll sit on that, uh, and I'll brush them out because bending over for me isn't good. So why don't you use the, the grooming table if, if bending over isn't good? Because picking up dogs is even worse. <laughs> So, so we'll get them up on there and then I anchor them so then they can't hurt themselves, right? They can't fall down and choke themselves like they can on a grooming table. Um, and then that grooming table arm is never super secure. It's never super secure. So we, uh, we, we do that. We brush them out. We examine uh, nails. I dremel them or clip them. Uh, we examine ears, eyes, teeth. Uh, you know, we just, we, we take a look over everything for the Goldens. I always check out for hot spots. Uh, for Zoe, I have not, she's the only one I have not got up on it yet just because she is ancient. Uh, she's about 15 and that one there is way too high. So if you look back and you see Ginger and Gypsy, my golden females, can't fit up on, on that one that's there. It's, it's too tall for them. That one right there is perfect for Django. It's perfect for Seth, who is the Goldens baby daddy. Uh, it's, it's not perfect for, for the girls, you know, it's better for the bigger boys. So I'm telling Rich, I need a, a shorter one to the ground. And, uh, instead in the meantime, we just put our climbs underneath it to, to, uh, give it a little more height. So the girls do a little better. Okay. But it's really nice. It's convenient. And then you can also tether them there while you're, you know, vacuuming up around it. How many dogs have a problem with vacuum cleaners? Uh, we were using it today with Maui. Uh, we were working on introducing the clicker. We were working on introducing uh, look at me, you know, and just capturing look at me. So anytime she looks at me, I can click and reward her. Uh, we were working on taking hold. So you can do a lot of training there. You can work on stay. because They're not going anywhere anyway. Uh, but it, you can do quite a bit with it. And it doesn't take up that much room in your house, which is really nice. 
Uh, yes, it is something attached to the wall, but you know what? I have one um, that the legs are longer, the arms are longer. Uh, so we are going to, I'm trying to talk Rich into getting a bigger piece of wood for that one so we can turn it into a, a desk, a desk that you can just lift up because that would be pretty nice. What? We're talking about the pedestal that you made and how awesome it is. I'm trying to get him to make me a couple more. Still not so sure about just slapping shelves right at knee height into in the living room or in different places. I don't want it in the living room. I want them in the in the dog room there because that's the okay. best place for them. We'll see. But you know, I mean, we could replace the uh, nightstands in the bedroom with them too. We could put a plate on the wall real low and then real high and then just screw it in the room. Yes, we could. Plate. I thought you meant like an eating plate. I was confused for a no, second. I, or, not a plate. Okay, I used the wrong word. That's not a good word. I, um, I meant... Um, First of all, this thing's broken, so it's thrown away. Then throw it away. Um, can you make sure that the um, iRobot is actually spitting out water? Okay. I, I don't you. know why it's not. I don't get it either. Okay. Can you look it up and see? It's an iRumba iRobot M6, I think. Um, sorry about that. Yeah, it's always the fun at my house, right? Uh, he actually had to go today and mail stuff. So that's the other thing that I wanted to talk about is equipment uh, boxes. So we had made up boxes before. He had an old miter saw from his dad that was probably from the early 80s. Um, no safety features anymore. And then he had an old table saw that we had got. It was an El Cheapo one um, just because he needed a table saw. And it didn't have, the table saw had a stand, but the miter saw didn't have a stand. So we had like a makeshift stand and uh, rollers for, for whenever he was doing bigger things. And he just, he hated it. And, and I mean, it's about time, you know, that then he gets some better tools anyway. So he got a new table saw and he got a new miter saw and he got a air gun, nail gun, a pneumatic. I want to say no. Um, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it shoots nails. Um, so we did uh, boxes. We we're working on much better quality boxes, much better quality wood uh, with the new saws. You can really cut precise because what we had been doing is once we realized that his table saw wasn't that good we just had him cut it at lows well thinking you know theirs is going to be better than what we could ever afford no we're wrong on that one uh even the guys there were saying no if you have one do it because you can line it up and do it exactly and we just kind of like poop it through so uh one of our clients had ordered one of the boxes to go with a a large clack clack fits into a large box and a small clack clack fits into a small box. Now you can use a clack clack separately and you can use the box separately or you can put them together. And if you put them together, the one must fit inside the other, right? It must. So we had to make one and we had a couple here, but he wasn't happy with how they had come out. So that's, hence he bought the new equipment and, and we got that sent out today. Um, but it, he is he is pleased with the result, which is really good. So we are taking orders for those adjustable shelves and for the um, for the boxes, uh, big and small. And then we actually the piece of wood we had got it was it was an expensive piece of wood, um, but there was enough left over if you were careful with it to make a small box. So one of the things that we're trying to work on is uh, all the puppies whenever they go home. See equipment and puppies; it all ties together. Uh, we want them to already have been started on the box. So we want to send every puppy home, you know, potentially with a box. 
So that's kind of what we were working on is, uh, you know, can we do the small box? Well, he did the small box with the leftover pieces that actually fit the small clack clack. So that made me happy because the puppy boxes do not have to fit the small clack clack if he does not want them to, uh, you know, if it's made out of um, spare parts. Uh, so then we were looking at, at the uh, equipment that we've been making. Uh, we have some, we call them drawers. And what it is, is it's a position box. So the dog can work on a front, the dog can work on a sit, stay or a down stay and line up with you and not, you know, do like a lazy down on his side. You know, he, he does more of a sphinx down and, uh, you know, especially for when you're doing the front and the, the heel stuff, you know, you want the dog right into position. So we have those, uh, and, and, you know, I said, Hey, do you want to remake all of this? You know, we'll just do it up with the good wood, do it nice. Uh, and then, you know, see how things go. So we'll see how it all goes. Uh, we have we have one take and hold stand uh, that Karen had uh, made into a, an aquarium. Then I don't think Karen's on right now. So if Karen's listening to this, um, you know, well, hopefully not. I'd ruin the surprise, but I was asking Rich yesterday. I said, hey, what do you think about building another take and hold stand and then bringing this one to Karen uh, because she does have the puppies there? And that way she would have an aquarium to work those puppies in at her house, uh, which would be really nice for her to have. So I'm not sure if that's what we're going to do or not. It depends on how ambitious uh, he and Autumn get uh, with doing it. But, uh, but she had changed it up a bit while Rich and I were at Silver School. And she added a ramp on the back end, which is really nice. And a drawer or a slide in, not a guillotine, but kind of like a guillotine. Uh, so then, you know, the puppies can be in there. And why do we need an aquarium? What the heck am I talking about? Are we putting fish in it? No, we're not putting fish in it. Uh, what an aquarium is, is you set the dog up to be successful. Uh, just like um, the dolphin training and the killer whale training, right? They put them in a sterile aquarium so they can get the most out of them. This way we put the dog in a sterile environment so we can control everything. And that's, that's what the aquarium is. So when I refer to an aquarium, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, so we, we have those. Uh, and, you know, trying to think what else we want to do. He's going to make me a, um, a stand so we can work on positions without having to bend over or sit on the floor. Uh, so we're going to work on a, a tabletop, basically, with a, an anchor tether on it. Uh, he also needs to do the chicken coop. Yeah, we're going to be busy. And then uh, we do have, have a couple new dogs in. So that's fun working with them, showing them everything new. And we have, um, I have my hysterectomy scheduled for Monday. So on Thursday, I go in for the hospital for testing. And one of the things um, they told me is I need to do a Corona test. And I said, that's fine. I said, which one is it? And she says, I'm not sure, probably the saliva test. And I said, you are welcome to as much saliva as you want. Uh, you could do the blood test if you want to, but you're not sticking a giant Q-tip up my nose. Like, I cannot handle that one. So, uh, so she said, oh, okay, <laughs> whatever, crazy lady. Um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's equipment. Puppy-wise, um, Karen does have a whelping box there. We need to get one out here just in case. You know, we want to have um, a dual setup, everything in her place and everything at my place, just in case. Um, and so we're not having to transport or what if we have two litters at the same time. Um, so we have that. Ginger is, looks like she's going to be coming into heat. 
I put her and Seth out together while he sniffed. He knows something's going to be happening, but it's not time yet. So whenever she comes into heat, she'll go into Karen so Karen can progesterone test her and uh, and make sure that her and Seth do bomb chicky wow wow um, and and see how how that goes. Uh, turns out it is there's uh, some there's not a lot there's some different books out there on um, puppies you know puppy um, birthing and everything else but the fact that we did um, a, a natural cover you know like he did a live natural cover we didn't do we didn't collect it and turkey based to her and we didn't freeze it and then turkey based to her like it was a live cover and then that she got to experience a live deliver not alive because i would hope she's alive uh, a natural delivery okay um at home without going to the vet and having him do it without doing a plan c-section is kind of a unique thing i didn't realize this but apparently especially with a lot of the service dog places uh from what i've been told i don't know from firsthand experience but it turns out a lot of them do um they'll do frozen because you know they don't have a, a stud on on hand but they'll do uh, a plan c-section now luke was a plan c-section but um but yeah that's you know we wanted to give her and then trust me as it was starting i'm like we should just go let's take her to uf and we didn't luckily so we did get to experience that now ginger had her first litter they went home in january so that means they were born in november was ginger's first litter i believe there were nine i want to say in that letter uh so you know she she that was her first so this will be her second letter so hopefully it'll be a little easier for her and be fun to see you know the difference between what she does versus what lucy did uh but but yeah so we're keeping an eye on her see what all happens uh and then we have to write down the things that we learned and the things that we have to do for example we need to shave her beforehand <laughs> before the delivery shave up her um her tummy so there's not all the fur there near the nipples and shave up around her hoo-ha because it gets really messy here here i'm not doing that way either i don't know what you're referring to jennifer um so let me know uh but yeah so the puppies are doing great uh they are still doing their early neurological stimulation uh which is uh a set of a number <laughs> of, uh, of things for the puppy. For example, uh, one of them is you put the puppy on a cold, wa wet washcloth for three seconds. You hold the puppy upright for three seconds. You hold him upside down with his legs up in the air for three seconds. You hold him upside down with his head down below for three seconds. Um, you tickle his foot with a, a Q-tip for three seconds. Um, you know, we hold him. Then we're also doing early scent introduction where we put scent on a cotton pad uh, so it's different scent every day, um, but we put scent on a cotton pad and we hold it and we see what they do. So we hold it in front of their face. Do they move towards it? Do they turn away from it? What do they do and how do they do? You know, like, do they like the scent? So it was so funny. I was watching yesterday's, she did Parmesan cheese and a couple of the puppies were, and then they really liked it and they started. Mwah, 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 mwah. So that was this, the, just the cutest thing. You know, it's Parmesan cheese and they're loving it. So they're little Italian puppies already. Uh, the Corona test. Yeah, right? You're not doing that way either if they're for the Corona test. Yeah, I don't blame you. That is icky. I'm not getting something like that shoved up my nose. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 
And I said, and if that means that we have to postpone this, then we're postponing it because it's not happening. Uh, so yeah, so Thursday I get to go back into Orlando for that. And then <laughs> Sunday is, or Saturday, yeah, Sunday is the day before. So it is, there's a, a schedule that they want me to adhere to uh, for a colon cleanse. And I'm writing it in the in the thing now. So they don't want me to eat any real food. And they want me to to um, to take all these poop things. So I need to talk with them again about that and make sure that that's okay because I can pass out in the bathroom. I don't know if they want me doing that the day ahead of time. You know, I have a feeling that I'm going to feel really awful. And then to do surgery on me the next day, I'm going to I'm going to be screaming, so I need to actually call the doctor tomorrow. Or see what happens Thursday while I'm there and go up and and talk to them. But anyway, that's another here. There we're talking puppies. So the puppies have all doubled their weight, I believe. I think there was one that was just about to, and I think she did last night. Um, so at 10 days, they're supposed to all double their weight. In 10 days, I believe is tomorrow. No, it's today. So I think she doubled her weight yesterday, I think. But if not, it's right around there. Karen's keeping track of all that stuff. Um, but the first one is doubling their weight. Now their eyes are still closed and their ears are still closed. Okay. Uh, which is pretty, pretty funny, you know, pretty, pretty awesome when you think about it. So uh, Rich and I had gone into Gainesville to visit with them on Mother's Day on Sunday. And we got to to feed them and we got to do some of the scent stuff and some of the early neurological stim. But what we had noticed is some of the bigger puppies who hadn't needed a bottle. So how we how we figured if they needed a bottle or not is if they didn't gain a lot of weight, we were weighing them twice a day. Okay. So twice a day uh, we're weighing. And if they didn't have a big weight gain, they got a bottle. Okay. She has these little preemie bottles. They're the cutest little things. Uh, they're like little shot glasses with a nipple on top <laughs> and we didn't make the nipple any bigger. So we're making the puppies, you know, really work for it, which is a big thing, um, that we want to do. We don't want it to be super easy, super easy. Puppies get super lazy and we want dogs who, who want it and want to work for it. So especially to set them up as good service dogs and good companion dogs, right? What happens if it's something that's easy, you know, and it doesn't happen, but if you have to fight for it, you appreciate it all the more, right? Think of all the successful people who had to fight for things. They're usually pretty good people and pretty successful in life. So that's what we want for our puppies. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, so we, uh, we bottle, you know, she's been bottle feeding them. But some of them, the bigger ones who hadn't needed to get bottle fed, whenever we'd pick them up out of the whelping box, they were a little fussier. We don't want that. So we got them all out on Sunday and we made sure because it had dawned on us what was going on. So even the big ones got bottle fed. Everyone got bottle fed on Sunday. And, you know, we we pet them and we snuggled with them and everything else. And then the next day, uh, yeah, yesterday, Monday, when she was shooting the video, uh, you know, they're all trying to latch onto her hand and just sucking on like, you know, the meaty part of her thumb or on her thumb or on her wrist. Uh, they're all trying to do that. So she's going to end up with all these hickeys from these puppies sucking on her, but all of them were, and then they were a little less fussy. Um, but we're seeing the personalities. So that's one of the nice things with having, you know, the video showing everything. Orange is apparently the most popular, which I think is funny. I think it's just because he's a little bit darker, but everyone wants orange. 
but we're going to match them up on temperament and personality, not because one's a little bit darker. And I understand sometimes people might want a really white one or want the darker ones. Um, and I, I totally understand that. But everybody wants the orange one, whereas green is a pretty mellow guy. He is like the sensitive, caring soul. Uh, but he's he's really mellow, really easygoing. Like nothing phases him. Um, blue is going to be, I think right now, if I had to choose one for training up as a service dog, I would choose blue, uh, dark blue, because dark blue is very, um, he likes the scent stuff. You know, he he's the one who was trying to eat the Parmesan cheese um, cotton round. He's trying to eat that. So, you know, but there's a lot, you know, the girls, um, purple and pink, you know, pink's a little bit more vocal. She loves to tell you what she's doing. Uh, whereas purple's a little calmer. And then uh, the lilac one or lavender one, she's, she's still the runt. She's still the little one. But a lot of times the little one, because they have to struggle, they come out more successful and do better. Uh, you know, there's yellow and orange. There's tan and, and black. There, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, you know, and they all have their own personalities. So, yeah, so we're going to make note of what their personalities are. You know, if they're vocal, if they're not, if they settle easy, if not, you know, do they like to eat all day? Do they go and, like, push other puppies off of the nipples? Because, remember, there's 11 puppies and 9 nipples. So there's always that little bit of, uh, you know, trying to get what they want. So we want to see how they do. Do they, uh, do they retain that when we do the Volhard testing at 7 weeks old? Is that still the personalities that we're seeing or does all this stuff really change it up so well that these puppies are more resilient, that they're, they're better, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. Here, blue is the one I would pick for service dog too, right, Jen? Jen, light blue or dark blue? The dark blue one, right? Because I mean, light blue one's pretty awesome too, but dark blue one, you just, I see something in there, but like I said, it, he's also like 10 days old. So, you know, we have what day 49 is when we do the Volhard testing and then um, we're not placing them to uh, go home until they're, uh, you know, until after that. And then we'll know who gets what puppy. And we do have a couple spots open. Uh, one of the puppies is going to be a Hope puppy, uh, which is really awesome. So then we can document everything. Uh, and we might actually end up keeping three for training up as service dogs and see how it goes. Dark blue. Yeah, Jan. Yeah, like... That's who, yeah, that's who I pick. And he's mellow too. Cause you know, you want a dog. Part of it is what do you want for a service dog? You know, if you have an active family, you're going to want a more active puppy, which right now they're just basically blobs. Um, but if you have uh, someone who works in an office 40 hours a week, you know, and then goes home and kind of chills, you want a little more relaxed dog, but still able to do this stuff. So what do you want? Do you want a dog that you have to bring the energy up or a dog that you have to calm down? Ooh, you know, I don't know. It all depends. So I'm not saying <coughs> because I like dark blue and because Jan likes dark blue, at least at this stage. Exactly. You know, I'm not saying that if you want a service dog, make sure you get the dark blue one because that's the only one that's going to work. I'm just saying like he really likes his scent and, you know, he's a good size boy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. And I'm hoping that the people who who do get them, you know, keep in touch with us. We'll do up a Facebook group for everybody for this litter, for the frozen litter. And, you know, I hope they keep in touch because I'd love to see how they do in the future. You know, how successful are they? How is it? Because some of them will be pets. And here's the other thing that 
people don't understand is they're not all going to be service dog material. You know, like I said, we'll keep a few. Melissa gets one back, who's the breeder. Um, we're keeping one for breeding in the future, so we're keeping a girl for that, and then the breeder gets a girl. Uh, so we're keeping five, I think, out of this litter, uh, which is a lot. It's like half the litter, a little under half the litter. But that also means half the litter is available, but I don't know who's available. I have a lot of people who want girls. Um, we might have a one girl available. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, so that's where like some of the testing stuff, you know, we need to see how that goes. But we also have Ginger's litter is going to be following. So that's nice. Uh, and then Lucy and Seth, who are the parents of the frozen litter, they're both fully health tested. Hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. I believe they both have genetic testing, not the Embark, but they have some genetic testing done. Um, neither of them uh, are afflicted with anything. Okay. And then... Um, they need, I think some, one of them needs maybe to get his eye test redone, but it was due up in March and you can't get into the vet to get anything like that done right now. It's emergency only because of Corona. Uh, Ginger is coming up next. Ginger has her eyes and her heart done. Her hips and elbows were done at 22 months old on a prelim. And that's how she was bred. And then again, I wasn't able to get her in to redo her because everything's been shut down for two months. So I wasn't able to redo her for her finals. Um, so, but you know, she has her health testing done, just two of them are the prelims, but I don't think she has genetic testing done yet, but, uh, but yeah, so, so both of them are health tested, um, both, both litters. Ginger is a little bit darker, so some people do want that. And we do have five baby goats. So this is going to be another short one. Um, just, I started new meds and I'm not feeling fantastic. So, uh, I am going to go, um, I'm going to see if I can get in touch with Karen and see how these puppies are doing today. And you guys, I highly suggest tuning into Hope Service Dogs and following so you can get the, the alerts so you can see how she does. So you can let me know which puppy you like the best. And if you're interested or you know somebody who's interested in a um, purpose-bred golden retriever who has had everything done with them that would ever need to be done with them, you give them our information. You tell them to go to hopeservicedogs.org and fill out a contact form. Okay? I'll talk to you guys later. Saturday, we do have our virtual class again. So I'll see you then.